Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast, not the result we wanted to look back on, but we're going to have to have a little chat about it anyway, and uh, again, just look at the the wider picture of things, uh, following on from all the, um, the debacle, was one word for it, that happened late last week before the game. So, join myself, Stephen Goldsmith, as always, Gareth Barker, evening. Good evening, good evening, a Wise Men Say first tonight. Okay. Elaborate. Just discussing a defeat in Newcastle. Yes, that is true. That is very true. Literally never had to do this before. I literally never had to do it before. No. Yeah. Oh, never mind. Joining us to do that is um, James Hunter as well. Evening, James. Good evening. Good evening. Did someone mention something about a derby? I, I don't recall. Are you sure? I know, I know not what of you speak, you know. Well, so. you would have had to um, reflect on derby defeats over your long, <laughs> illustrious... Oh yes, um, <laughs> time you've had following Sunderland, but uh, luckily for, for us, in the ten, looking in the, yeah, well, it's there. Well, with the podcast being going ten years, a decade, a decade, and uh, we haven't had a, we haven't had the displeasure of doing it until now. Um, so we'll do a little bit on that, and I think that probably just have a chat about just where we are generally in terms of where the club are at and where they go from here, and reflect on. Some of the decisions that that have been made that probably in, could and should have been avoided. Right. Gareth stuck to his guns and principles and didn't go. Credit to him for that. Uh, so it means he'll have a slightly different experience to, I guess, to the one uh, that me and you have, James. Yeah. Anybody want to start on the, on, the, on, the, on the performance? You know, clearly acknowledging the difference in class. Was there anything in the performance that we, we feel let down by? Yeah, lots. I should, I should have allocated somebody. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I just threw through the floor open, didn't you? You know, you've only been, yeah, you've only been doing it for eleven years. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you know, everybody knows that there was going to be a a difference in quality in quality between the two teams. You know, that's you know clear for everyone to to see. If if not, Sunderland would be in the Premier League, wouldn't they? Um, So. so the question is, how do you bridge that gap? You know, and you can do it through, you know, working harder than the other team, running harder than the other team, running faster than the other team, you know, effort and commitment and, and such have you. You have to try and find a way, you know, do it through tactics, through, you know, some sort of tactical tweak. There's, there's got to be some way of bridging that gap. Uh, and Sunderland were unable to to find it. You know, they were unable to do that. I mean, 
the there was no lack of effort, but there wasn't the extra effort needed to um, to bridge the gap with a, a Premier League quality team. So it, it all felt very um, disappointing at the end. It felt like they hadn't given it as I won't say they hadn't given it their best shot, but they hadn't given it the shot that everybody hoped they had. They hadn't mm. made Newcastle work as hard as they should have for their win. I think. I look at this two ways, and I think there's blame on the players, and I think there's blame on the head coach or the management of the game as well. Um, I was always worried about this stylistically, and I said it from the start. I've got, you know, I, I watch Newcastle regularly, and, and it's the type of team we struggle, and exactly what I thought would happen happened. They are so big compared to us, and in the middle of the park, Joel Linton in particular just bullied us, didn't let us get near it, and then they turn over quite quickly. I actually thought we defend our defensive shape was decent. And we didn't give a host of chances away like we do in the championship sometimes. All three goals could have been avoided and probably should have been avoided. Defensive mistakes. But a couple of things. Um, firstly, which we'll get on to the management and our coaching, I think probably could have done more to counteract what was happening and, and reacted to what was happening on the day. As much as anything, I'm a little bit let down with some of the players, Gareth. Do you think it might have been different watching it through the telly? Um, but... I just didn't think we were brave enough on the ball. I think we chalked a little bit. I think there was one incident in the first half. We had a free kick and um, and Pritchard was standing over and Jack Clark was available on the left-hand side. And instead, oh, if this was a championship game against any team in the championship, he would have released that ball and given it straight away. But because Kieran Trippier did this little sort of dummy, is it to say, I know what you're about to do and I'll go over there, mind, I'll challenge him. Pritchard didn't give him it. And I just think like that's one small example but for me, it was just symbolic of the whole game in terms of like, if you don't feel confident to give your best player the ball because somebody might go over and try and take it off and then well, what is the point seriously? Like, where are we at with that? And as, and as decent off the ball, shape-wise, defensively, I thought we were. I just thought the players weren't brave enough on the day and I, th- I think that they bottled it a little bit personally, is my opinion. I don't know if that come across to you, Gareth, or not, or whether I, I would imagine the telly just looked like we were just chasing the shadows all game, and that and that's all it was to it. Well, I put, you know, gave my opinion on the the social media after the game. Well, some of our um, listeners aren't on social media, Gareth. So, well, I'll just say, I just thought it was, I just thought we were meek and we were overwhelmed and um, a bit brainless, really. Um, I, I just thought so it's all very well the manager coming out after the game and saying it's a learning experience or whatever and we've, we've seen like some of the players maybe aren't as good as they think they are almost it was like some comments like that and I was kind of thinking hmm it was like think well how good are you mate I mean you're the one who's in control of the situation to try and influence the game and make the changes during the game and yeah. on the fly now so within the first 10, 12 minutes, um, Dan Burns being roasted by Trihume, he was not exactly lightning. And then he got... He's hardly marauding fullback, isn't no. he? No. Then he got turned a couple of times by Russell, and I'm thinking, okay. And then nothing else went down that side. And you're thinking, why aren't... You know, Trippier's on Clark. So why not pop Clark, put him on Burn? And then they're going, well... All right then, what do we do now? Are they, are they going to swap? Tri- are they going to swap Trippier to left back and put Burn to right back? Probably not. 
Um, no, Dan Burns not playing right back. No, no so give fine. give them something to think about. You, you, or you know, you could rotate the front three. So you know, put Job up top, put Russell to the left, drop Pritchard in the middle, and put Clark to the right. You know, <clears> and then you've also got an outlet in terms if you want to go a bit longer from you know situations where the goalkeeper has the ball instead of playing out all the time. You can mix it up a bit. You can hit somebody a bit t- bigger. You know, you can you can target that right side maybe, and and you know, one your goal kicks and input Bellingham and and Clark a bit closer together to try and have a bit more of an aerial presence and go longer and try and pick up some pieces. You know, have Pritchard buzzing about those two to try and pick some pieces up there and try and get the ball in some space in their half rather than trying to play through a press all the time that failed repeatedly. Um. You know, it just felt as though on the fly game management on on the pitch and off the pitch. I, I think on the pitch, I think it would be harsh. I know we've talked about it on the pod before. We said it'd be good um, if players kind of made decisions in games. I think that's less and less likely now the way teams are set up. Um, but I just think the manager really could have at least tried to disrupt. Because it was almost like going, well, everyone's known for weeks that our only threat. It's like, well, give the ball to Jack Clark and see what happens. Well, I mean, they've watched videos and gone, he's their main threat. Let's just block him out of the game, put four players on him. He was man-marked by Trippy. He, he basically followed him round. So just just change it for 10 minutes. Disrupt it. See, see, see if you get any change. There's nothing wrong with... A line ball every now and then, and try and turn, get the get them turn and run back towards their own goal. Did it a few times, and they just cleared it for a throw in, and then we can try and build something in their half. But it just felt as though we just had this like like scrambled brains. It was like tunnel vision. Like this is what we're going to do, and you know the defenders did bring a sub on eighty five. No, I mean the defenders arguably pretty well. Generally speaking, for the first, you know, half hour, um, although uh, we're under a bit of pressure, they they didn't create loads of opportunities. They created some, but not loads. Um, But obviously, once they scored, it just felt as though, well, that's that then. And the way we were set up in the game was to stop them. And it wasn't, there was no plan in terms of actually finding a way to break them down um, when we had the opportunity it felt like and as a result we were never going to get back into the game um, and then we give the stupid goal away on you know not right 30 seconds after the break and that's that really yeah. and that was the key that was the key to it I think Gareth you know I mean that first half some of them were not ambitious at all um, you know they didn't show anything going forward whatsoever Um and then, of course, you, you can see that goal. Um, you know, I think Dan Ballard's unfortunate. He's got to he's got to make some contact with the ball because he's got Alexander Isaac right behind him. Um, it's really Tri Hume that, that that dived in at, at Joe Linton and missed the ball. That's really where the mistake was made. Um, so that that's what uh, leads to that one. But then. So you're one nil down at half time. Now I don't know exactly what Michael Beale said to them at half time, um, but there was never even a chance to see, what, you know, whether that made a difference or not. Because within whatever it was, forty five seconds of of the second half getting underway, 
give away the most ridiculous goal um, from Sunderland's own free kick for offside. You know, Pierre Equa trying to play the ball out of his own penalty area and getting caught by Almiron. Just, you know, ludicrous. And at that point, at 2-0, it's it's not so much a mountain to climb as the the whole Himalayas, isn't it? It's uh, it's a long, long way. And Sunderland did have a spell in the second half. They had 10 minutes or whatever when Equa brings a, a save out of Dubravka with a deflected shot and Pritchard clips the bar and then Pritchard has another shot that Dubravka saves. Now, if it's 1-0 at that stage and um, and you're getting those kind of chances, suddenly the crowd are up and you think, hang on, we're still in this. We're just one you know, one long-range shot, one deflection away from getting it. But at 2-0, you know, the game had already drifted away. Um, I mean, you, you can also look at the, the other side of it and you can say, well, OK, something could have been more ambitious, but would you have risked a heavier defeat for a little bit more ambition. You know, it's a, it's a valid debate. Um, but, but I think, it, like you I'm, say, James, it's, I'm, it's, it's a time enough, though, that if they did that at 1-0 yeah. down, like you say, it, t- it took it took for us to go 2-0 down before the start. It suddenly found this bravery to have a go. Now, if yeah. they did that at 1-0 and then they went 2-0 down, then yes, they might say, you know what, let's get yeah. out of this world at 2-0. And, I agree. And, and, just, and, and just sit back. That, that you know, that I is agree. where I am with that. Yeah, I think 2-0 is not the worst result in the world. Then you get that third goal um, right at the death, which was just a ridiculous um, foul from Ballard because Gordon's got such a tight angle. You may as well let him have a shot. He might yeah. score and then, you, and then, you, then you're then 3-0 down. But if, you give, if you're giving away a penalty, you're going to be 3-0 down really, aren't you? So let's face it. So you'd have been better off letting the lad have his, have his shot from a tight angle rather than give away that penalty um, in, that, in that position. Um, so I think 3-0 was at the outer bounds of acceptability. I think, obviously, 4-0 is a, is a good hiding. Nobody wants that in a derby. Um, I think 2-0 would have been, a, you know, still painful, still painful, still disappointing, don't get me wrong, particularly the manner of it. But people could have walked away and said, well, you know, 2-0 against the Premier League team. Uh-huh. 3-0 was sort of pushing it a little bit, pushing the bounds of, of uh, you know, acceptability. Just about the right side of the line, but probably not given the context of the overall performance. I think you can be ambitious without being open, can't you? That's the thing, and that's where it comes to how you organise yourself for the game, isn't it? And giving yourself the best opportunity to to win the game the best way you can. Now, I don't think anyone would say, "I didn't expect to win the game." I just expected a bit more of a. It was a platform for some of those players to to perform, and they just didn't. Um, the reasons why were they given the best opportunity to do that? Like Stephen said, did they bottle it a bit? Um, probably a mixture of things. Really, it just I just think the whole the performance was reflective of the build up of the game, um, and everything that we suspected would happen happened. The only thing that didn't happen was probably we didn't get battered as heavily as they expected, but everything else, everything else around it, from the start to finish, just it just went exactly as I thought would happen in terms of we've invited a lot of them to a party at our at our ground um, to really sort of come in and just be like, just. Be, it, I felt it was a bit just the whole thing. I felt I, I found the whole thing humiliating, to be brutally honest, from start to finish. Um, mm-hmm. And that goes from off the pitch to on the pitch. 
and the two things coming together. We gave ourselves, we we got drawn at home against them. We basically abandoned all opportunity of home advantage um, that you get um, in in how we ticketed the game, everything else around that. Um, and you know, if you look at some of the tweets from Newcastle United official account on the uh, on 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 the on the the evening of the game, and they know, <laughs> like we we it's a we're a laughing stock basically. You know it, that's what it felt like, and you know to for them to be tweeting stuff like you know thanks for making us feel right at home and all this. It's like everybody knew, everybody knew. So, I mean, we can come on if you want to talk about the game or you can, but the the fact that somebody apparently didn't, but everybody else did, knew what was going to happen is uh, still quite unbelievable to me. And I mean that, and not not unbelievable in the sense that it is, oh, bloody hell, that's unbelievable. Yeah, it was unbelievable (coughs) in the fact that I don't believe it. (laughs) That somebody didn't know about it. Right, yeah, we'll, we'll come on that unless anybody's got anything particularly... Uh, further they want to say about the match. No, I think we can draw a line under the I match. Really want to sit and, I don't think people want to <laughs> sit and listen to us go on and on and on about the 3-0 defeat in Newcastle. So, uh, have a quick break, come back talk about the other stuff. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome back to the Wise Men Say podcast. Right, we're going to talk about the other stuff now, so you know what we're going to talk about, so listen if you want. Uh, <laughs> By the way, Stephen, I guess it's worth mentioning that um, there's a reaction pod, so if you want more analysis about the game itself, that's on the feed now. It took a yeah. while for us to get on there because we didn't know there was one, and then <laughs> it didn't get to, it basically didn't land in the email inbox, and then we found it, so yeah. It was in that. mine, but nobody told me it was there, so I didn't know uh, It wasn't in mine, so there you go. <laughs> anyway... I think everyone was just pissed, probably. Yeah. And sad and drunk and sad. Pissed and ways and one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, we're going to have a bit of mourn about it now in 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 light or an expectation that uh, somebody's possibly going to be, whichever way you look at it, either yinged in front of a great big massive bus um, or rightly removed of duties. Don't want to speculate about anything too much. Uh, that hasn't been confirmed, of course. Um I mean, that's the place to start. Gareth's just said there, James, that uh, he doesn't believe that the powers of be. You know, of course, we're referring to the let's work, but let's work from the front and go backwards. Maybe from the memorabilia stuff in the Black Cats lounge. Um, but everyone knew, and we, we, I mean, we sort of. 
come across like I'm arrogant here by saying like warn the club or anything, but we had a discussion about this on the podcast weeks ago because we knew it was happening. Mm-hmm. So are we led to believe that the club didn't, but we did? So this is Decogate, I guess. Uh, Memorable stuff, yes. Yeah. So I think, first of all, it, it's probably right to say that um, I think let's forget the, the football and the game, take that out of it for a minute. Absolutely everything about the preparation for the derby on the part of the club has been an absolute total mess. Um, from the initial decisions taken uh, about the ticketing and you know the allocation and handing over the lower north stand to visiting fans um that was bad enough you know through to the league one printed on some of the tickets through to uh you know um through to obviously the biggest and most you know widely um, known example, which is the you know what happened in the Black Cats bar, which is just absolutely unforgivable. I think I can. I was thinking to myself, you know, how, and I've spoken to him, you know, relatively recently, not since all this happened, obviously, but um, to Bob Murray and how Bob Murray thinks of the Stadium of Light. He calls it, you know, a cathedral, and I can only imagine what he must have thought when he when he saw the pictures. Um, and you know, heard what was what was happening at uh, at the ground that you know was his sort of vision for for the club. Um, I just can't imagine for the life of me what 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 uh, you know possessed people to to do this. You know, it, it just doesn't make any sense um, why the club went to you know to to the lengths that it did. Why the why this was allowed to happen? I mean, let, let's be clear. This hasn't. This isn't a decision that's been taken by some lowly underling, some you know, uh, some junior manager somewhere. This has been signed off at a very high level, you know. Um, yeah. Quite how high, you know? Um, you can probably imagine how high to get this done. Um, so somebody somewhere has has sanctioned this at a very high level, um, as ever. Whether it will be the person that actually sanctioned it, that pays the price, that very rarely happens. Um, in fact, you know, I'd be very surprised if the person that, that's responsible actually is the one that that, uh, that pays the price come the end. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't understand it. I can understand why it's, it's bad enough that, that, that from Sunderland fans' point of view that Newcastle fans were, were given the North Stand lower, um, and season ticket holders were displaced as a result. Uh, bad enough that Newcastle fans were admitted to the Black Cats bar, and you know were were able to pay for the, for those seats. But given that that happened, I can understand why the, the it might have been a wise decision to cover up the Sunderland slogans and and such have you in the Black Cats bar, partly for provocation reasons and partly um, to avoid damage and vandalism. So I can understand there's, a, there's an argument for that, but why you would decorate it with uh, Newcastle slogans, why you would allow that, why you would uh, allow that to happen uh, is just beyond beyond all belief. I mean, what what was Sunderland thinking? Did they think that 
that Newcastle fans that were there on Saturday might think, well, this is quite nice. This think I might come back again. So, you know, <laughs> what, what, what was the, what was the I, thinking I, I behind think it? Being kind at best, they, they possibly thought there would just be like a few generic black and white stuff, but that actually brought in like you know stuff criticised, like the the spelling change from our yeah, version yeah. of Hawaii to yeah. their version of Hawaii. That image is now around forever. And again, yeah. we said for you, this was what we were trying to say. The careful what you're going to do here because these images are around but, forever. This is a legacy now. Yeah. yeah. People, it'll, come up, people... it'll come up every year. It'll come up exactly. every derby. You know, it'll, you know that will not go away. That will not be forgotten. It's, you know, the result will, will pass because there'll be other derbies and other results. But the, the images that are out there will be out there forever. Um, and they will always rebound on, on the club and on the, um, you know, on, on the people that are responsible. And that's, uh, and and that's and that's something they're going to have to live with, but it's not something they're going to have to live with. It's something that Sunderland fans are going to have exactly. to live with, unfortunately. Uh, that's the, a, that's yeah. the issue. It's our. It's you know. It's you know the the whole cliche again about you know owners are just custodians, all that kind of thing. When you take a decision, there's a decision that they've taken. You have to bear that in mind, and I think it just you know goes to show that the people generally in charge of the club um, have absolutely no idea um, about the people who they um, charge to go and watch their business venture which is Southern essentially fans on what the board, it Gareth. is some of the fans on the oh, I, I know I mean that's a that's a, a discu- that's a different discussion I, I just think for you know if I mean off the top of my head you kind of thinking back the variety of you know putting season ticket prices up without telling anybody, um, you know, sending a communication out thanking certain season ticket holders. Um, initially when uh, Louis Dreyfus took over, to then you know eighteen months later or a year later discovering actually he isn't the majority shareholder at the club. Um, so you know, immediately you've you've been liberal with the truth at that point. Um, why should we believe that he did did or didn't know about anything at that moving forward after that anything he says could be literally taken with a pinch of salt um there's been you know there's been so many there's been so many of these little incidents moving everything digital when you don't have the capacity to deal with no, everything when you don't have the capacity to deal with everything digitally have you said did you see the queues all week outside the yeah. ticket office like do- queues out the door because people weren't emailed it's natural like we say you know i'm perfectly fine with using my season ticket digitally it's not and this is this is not new what we're talking about now um but it's just something that you know i saw from my own eyes this week because because people like my wife hadn't been emailed at or any information about where where her ticket had gone, so we didn't know if it was because some people were being told it was put on the card, and some people were being told to be an email. So we didn't know, and that and if you, if you're going to move your entire operations online, then you need to make sure you, that the, you're ready, you, you can cope, and you've got the the means to to cope with that, and that yeah. includes replying to emails yeah. for a start. I mean, this is it. I mean, the club's hierarchy. You know, in general, not to not to absolutely everybody, but but it, basically, it's reflective of the club as a whole. So, how many times do we hear, um, you know, Michael Bale and before him, Tony Mowbray, and they would say, 
you know, it's a young team. They're going to make mistakes. They'll get better. They'll develop. Well, I'm afraid it's the, it's the same with the hierarchy. You know, I mean, Kirill's, you know, only young himself. You know, he's young, he's inexperienced, and he's making mistakes. Um, but you can't do that with a with a business like like Sunderland, you know, because the mistakes you make have lasting consequences, like the Black Cats bar, like the, you know, the uh, cashless stadium. All right, fair enough. You know, cashless cashless is coming. We all we all know that, but it's how you implement it, how you execute it. You know, it's the same with the digital tickets. You know. It's how these things are done, and while there might be people within the club that that are saying that are flagging up problems and saying, "Look, you need to do," it. ultimately, you know, it's the owner that make that has the final call uh, on all these matters. Um, and you know, if he's not listening or doesn't want to listen or or whatnot, then that's fine. If he doesn't want to listen to his advisors, and that's fine. But then you have to hold your hands up and and you know make it clear that these are your decisions and not someone else's. Um, and that's and that's basically where where Sunderland are. They make, you know they they are making big mistakes, but it's it's the fans that are that are paying paying the price but for the that. The thing is though and, that they're not making mistakes. I, I it's a they're getting caught is the mistake. Yeah, it's not it's not like they're going oh god, I never I never thought that if we um, redecorated the Black Cats bar in uh, in Newcastle colours and put offensive slogans against the 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 team that they're playing and the fiercest rivals, um, it would upset people. I didn't realise that. I didn't know it was happening. It, it, it's it's literally, it, it's it, they push it to the point. Let's not apply it when he emails. It's fine. It's, they, they just push it to the point where on the backlash gets to this, the point where they have to, they have to do something. Um, and it's, it, it's, it's, uh, just a continual thing. We've seen it. It happened with the club shop, some of the ticketing. We'll try and implement as much as they possibly can to the point where people, there's a tipping point and people get annoyed and then they apologise, probably sack somebody and then go, oh, we'll not do that again. And then they're all right, let's let's crack on and do the next bit. And they will do that repeatedly. And, you know, it, it's to me, it's just... From top to bottom, I do feel as though, that, and I've said this about other areas of the club, from the play, on the playing side as well as off the pitch, that you know they, we, we're taken for morons. Um, you know, we pay our money, we're going, we're sold this idea that everything's going to be wonderful because of this. Well, I've said this before, I've got no real interest in. Um, well, it's not going to satisfy me if we sell Jack Clark for twenty-five million quid. I don't care. Like, well, I'm not going to see twenty any of that twenty five million quid. Um, you know, the money that they've made in the stadium at the weekend by charging people five six hundred pound a ticket for a, a, a ticket in the Black Cats bar. Um, I'm not going to see any of that. So, why do I care that? Oh, great! Oh, well, well done, the club. They ripped the mags off. It's like, well, yeah. no, actually, we've been sold our. We we've been sold down the river as a as a fan base as a football club, as you know. The thing that means the most to a lot of people has been used as a pawn for somebody else to make a financial, um, you know, make make the benefit financially, um, and you're not going to see any of that. So, why do you why do you care about that? I just, I just don't understand. Um, and the thing is now, like people say, oh, he's, he, he's young and he's making a mistake, and I, and I get and I get that, but 
it was needless. Like it's it's you shouldn't be making oh, yeah, mistakes. I'm, I'm, they should I'm have not... like you know yeah. how 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 torn Devers this whole thing yeah. been? It can't. It's unacceptable. Like I've said before, like I think the kid supports Marseille. Yeah. Would he have allowed this to happen there? And let's yeah. be honest, no is the answer. Sorry, uh, uh, let, me, let me make it clear. When I say young and inexperienced and making mistakes, I'm not offering that up as a defence. I'm no, just, I I'm, 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 I'm more, I'm more saying that, I'm more saying that, uh, you know, he's inexperienced, so he needs to listen to people that are more experienced. You know, I would think that, you know, I'm looking at the three of us here on on this uh, on this podcast as we're talking now. If if the club, if someone at the club would have picked up the phone and said, uh, Gareth, Stephen, James, and um, this is what we're thinking of doing for the derby about the ticket arrangements. What do you think? <laughs> like, yeah. I, like, like we'd go, um, that's ridiculous. Don't do it. You're in a world of hurt if you do that. Um, and then they go, oh, right, okay. I think, I think I'm going to do it anyway. And then we said, right, okay, well, if you do that, are you happy to put your name personally to it? Say, this, say I was advised not to do this, but I am overruling that and I took this decision. And then they go, oh, Actually, no, I'm not too sure if I did want to put my name to it. So in that case, don't do it. Don't do it, you know, because you could see with the statement about the Black Cats bar, there was a very definite attempt straight away to put distance between the ownership group and yeah. board of directors and the decision as though somebody else had made the decision and well, this is news to us, you know. Um, yeah, absolute nonsense. You know, anyone who knows how Sund- Sunderland works, um, anything that involves money, anything that involves any form of payment whatsoever uh, has to be sanctioned, you know, at, at the at the top of the tree. It doesn't, uh, it's not left to somebody else. Um, but these are basic things that, that any Sunderland fan or anybody associated with the football club in any way um, could look at and say, this is a problem. This is not going to end well. Uh, and I can't understand why... Uh, they don't take that advice on board. You know, I'm sure that, you know, there's any number of people that work within the football club that could tell them that this was going to pan out this way. So yeah, why do it? Why do it? And I, I get the idea about making as, as much money as they can off it. All right, yeah, fair enough. But there has to be some limits to that. You don't just say, well, you know, we want to make as much money as we can and we'll sell our soul to the devil to do it. Yeah. You, you know, you say, we want to make as much money as we reasonably can, but there are limits. You know, <laughs> and if somebody and if somebody like sort of said, you know, all this bad plus bad publicity and bad and ill feeling have now caused, however it is they've made off this, and you know, and I, I, whether that's you guys are giving gate receipts over, I don't know what Chris has mentioned that I don't know if it's true or not. We'll get, we'll, yeah, he'll be doing something on it for the site. Um, but whatever that cost has been, is it worth yeah. it? And and uh, and if somebody had offered to them. The chance to pay that kind of money to make all this go away, I bet they would. Yeah, yeah. What I mean, made. yeah. I, I mean, if they'd have, if they'd have, if the Newcastle fans are in the Black Cats bar and you know they they covered up the Sunderland branding for the game and they'd said, I tell you what, we're going to do, we're going to we're going to make it twenty quid a pint for the people that are in there. Then you know that's one way to make a lot of money out of it. But not to do it the way that they've done it is it's just com- completely wrong and, and there's, there's no amount of excuses or internal reviews or, um, you know, uh, scapegoating of, of somebody that, that's going to make that right, that's going to make it all okay and make Sunderland fans go, oh, well, fair enough then. It's just not going to happen. Um, you know, and don't forget games. that... that when it, oh, yeah. they, gave, yeah. they gave them free pints. 
yeah and even when it and even when it comes to uh even when it comes to to the gate receipts you know yeah okay Sunderland will have made decent money off the back of the game but it's still got to be split split three ways still got still it goes a, th- a third to Sunderland a third to Newcastle and a third to the FA so you only make a third of of whatever you make anyway so it still gets split three ways People are better qualified than me. Come out and say whether that's actually happened or not. I don't want to speculate because I would be guessing and speculating on it. But I, I think, um, but even the free paint, it's oh, so, so for those who don't know, one of the teas after the match, I would argue after the match, you don't serve them alcohol. They've got to wait until they get on the buses. Why are you offering a service to them again? It must be money oriented, but apparently, what happened is Wi Fi went down or something. It's a cashless now, as you know. So they couldn't physically take cash off people. I'll tell you what, we'll just give them them for free and just give them pints and food for free. So they've just come. We've rolled out the red carpet for them to come from start to finish. We mentioned the images are going to be around there forever, including that one where there's a celebration in front of our stand and you can see our flags that are permanently... Something that makes our stadium stand out from others in a way. That's in the background. That's stuck there forever. They've done all that. They've won the game. Um and then they've given them free drink and free food. It, 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 this now is stuck. This is a black marker in our history as far as I'm concerned. And um, they've only got themselves to blame, James, as you say, because there are plenty of people that could have picked the phone up to and said yeah. and, and, and got it. But I, well, I just, I'm the, just with, without the, trying to like name the, people no. and stuff like that as well, I just, there are enough Sunderland fans on the board who surely aren't that detached from where we are and from reality that much where they couldn't have spoke up. The whole thing is just it's just confusing. It's it's um it's deeply disappointing. I've, I feel so let down by them. Like I feel really, really gutted and let down by them over this. I do as well. I I, I feel feel the same. You know, obviously you feel it as as fans. I I feel it for the fans. You know, I, I think that they've been massively let down by the hierarchy in the run up to this game from you know virtually from the moment the draw was made um and i think that they've been let down you know on the pitch um but to a lesser degree i mean that's a sporting matter that's, yeah, that's, that's different it, yeah. that's yeah. different that happens you know but you know if this was if this was one game in isolation and it was the first time they put a foot wrong that's one thing but we all know that there have been multiple feet put wrong multiple times in the past this is just the worst and most egregious example um, and it's the one that, that will resonate for years to come. Um, you know, whenever the anniversary of this game comes, whenever the next derby comes, you know, it will be produced again and again and again. And and that's, as I say, it's just it's just unforgivable, isn't I th- it? I think there were signs that this, this, this game's lost its edge, you know, I thought it's a sign of things to come. In uh, terms of... I don't, it just... Because you're mentioning about like when this game comes up and stuff like that, and yes, it's it's you know there wasn't as much needle beforehand and stuff because they were they were they were bubble tripped in, so like the the, the fans were kept apart, etc. etc. But I just could not believe, and this is not I'm not this is not a cheap shot. It's just a fact. I just could not believe how quiet Newcastle fans were, for example, when they're winning a derby two 0 because I've seen them before when they've turned us over and they make the whole thing even more uncomfortable by every minute because they're so loud and boisterous and, you know, they're gloating and they're just... 
I, I remember at Roker Park them taking the whole Roker end when Leon O'Brien scored a free kick and, and it's still I've never probably seen the way support like that ever again like since but yeah. it's it's impacted by the result Sunderland are losing the game 2-0 and the you just didn't get that. The Sun and fans kept going and kept going and kept going and trying to get behind the team. Yeah. Um. And and I just think is is this the sign of what's to come? Because that's going to only get more sanitized as is is yeah. as time goes on. Because there are whether we get to where we think we should be again I, with the finance back and they've got you can only see them just just edging further and further and further. Yeah. Even if that does mean we get promoted and we play them more regularly again, and that has to impact. That's not yeah. you know that 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 I think and that would happen to most teams. You know what I mean? It it's is, not even me. It, so I'm trying not trying to like have this is like a cheap shot to them personally. This yeah. is what happens. This is what Man City fans are like now. Yeah, I mean, they, it, they've it, gone it, it, from being like one of the best, most revered fan bases in the country to being crap, basically. Yeah, it's a fact. I mean, it, it, it is interesting, Stephen, and there were lots of things that came out of the game that 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 you know. Seemed seemed odd to me. It was the first time, obviously, that I've seen a derby where um, the two teams were were operating at different levels. Um, it's, only time, it's only time it's ever happened. Is that right? Ever. So I mean, only time it's ever happened in the league cup. Were they in the same same league time, same yeah. league when mm-hmm. they were in the league cup together? Right. Okay. Fair enough. Right. Well, there you go. So this was very much a like a fearful derby because from Sunderland fans' point of view, there was the possibility they might have got. A real good hiding, you know, that could easily have happened. From Newcastle's point of view, there was the fear factor that, you know, if, if they'd have lost against Sunderland, um, you know, it would have been talked about forevermore. So, you know, it was there was a, a much more of a sense of fear, I thought, of, in this derby than even in a normal derby. And normally, derbies are more about, you know, trying not to lose than, than trying to win. Um, but that was ever more the case this time. Um, I, I think it was... It, and I think you could you could see the relief um, at, at the final whistle. I mean, Newcastle did the thing at the end, didn't they, with the with the selfie in front of the way in? Now, you know, I know that's a that's a Newcastle thing. That's something that they've started to do. But, on the pitch. <laughs> but what an odd way! What an odd way to celebrate making the fourth round of the FA Cup. That's what that's how non-league teams celebrate at Anfield. If you're not Liverpool out or somebody, that's not how a Premier League team celebrates having knocked a. Championship team. And when they put a front on that they don't, they don't care about something or anything, which is the front. They that, always put the, on. The, the, that's that's the thing, you know. Like if you, you know, if, if you're the big club and if you see yourself as the big club in the in the relationship, you walk away from the derby and you go and you shrug your shoulders and say, well, you know, another day at the office. You don't make a massive thing of it. Do you know what I mean? That's that that's how, how what didn't quite chime right for me. It, it, it showed the relief having ended that run of nine games without a win. It showed the relief at, you know, at, what was it, seven defeats in, in eight with Eddie Howe sort of walking a tightrope. It was a, this, this, in my opinion, Newcastle saw that as a bullet dodged as much as anything. As much as a 3-0 win, it was a bullet dodged. Do you feel, Gareth, you've suffered defeats in Newcastle before as a fan? Mm-hmm. Have yeah. you ever... Felt less bothered by one than this. Um, I think take aside what more, Sunderland have done because I'm furious yeah, about that still, that's, and that's, 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 that's more, the good punch. Yeah, yeah. Forget about I that. Think, Forget about that. The, the actual know. result. I, I was expecting to to lose the game, so yeah. But I, I always expect. But, to lose it, those but games. I know. But 
but it, it in when you're in the same division and you're playing the you know you're playing a league game um when you've got players of a similar standard you got a chance haven't you like to win the game with quality with you got quality players in your team um like top level players you, you know you you might think oh god we're going to lose and it'll because because it'd be horrible to lose and you kind of <clears throat> kind of try and make your peace this was different because you're going they're so far away from us at the moment in terms of you know quality of player um and and everything that goes with that it was like we could play this game 10 times and we'd lose nine of them so i was prepared for it i was kind of looking half an hour going well it's nil nil i mean they've done all right um and it, from a defensive perspective but it just kind of felt like it's being it was coming from kickoff do you know what i mean it was just like we were completely you know a yard a yard behind them everywhere so but i expected that so like you say i wasn't I was more. I think I've just felt low after the game, just because of everything. Every, it's it's a uh, um. It's a word I'm looking for. It's like a yardstick, isn't it? Um, moment in the histories of the two clubs. Um, and it was kind of like all the chickens coming home to roost. Um. You know, in, inviting them all to watch, it, you know, <laughs> to, to to watch us be humiliated in that fashion, um, in so many respects, um, to me it was, yeah. You know, regardless of the football, it just felt like a a real, don't know, like foot on throat sort of moment where it's like you. You know, you 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 like know your place now almost, and look at us, um, and how they've got there. You know, as a a debatable point, and you know, I've got my opinions on the vast majority of their supporters. Um, you know, to some of the people who I've respect for who involved in sort of media and um, sort of things like this that we do, just got zero respect for them because the way they went on over Mike Ashley and stuff like that. All the principles that apparently held at that point have just been proven to be entirely disingenuous because it's all centered around um, the the level of entitlement that they have, um, the superiority complex that they've always had over the city of Sunderland. Um, you know, he ask any sort of person from that part of the world mention about going to Sunderland, and all of a sudden they turn into you know Enoch Powell or something like that. The way they go on, do you know what I mean? So it's like. Uh, for me, I've just got. I think it's just a, it was a lot of stuff coming together yesterday, and it kind of felt like a lot of that could have been avoided. Um, but how, however, we actually just invited it on. Um, we gave ourselves the worst chance gave possible. Of, it, yeah. Gave it. ourselves the worst chance possible of doing of avoiding that scenario, and when said we actually actively encouraged it, and it, it it's just minging like it just. It's just horrible. Um, I, I just think I just feel like it, it almost feels a bit like a real like sort of paradigm shift in football, sort of laid bare on the pitch, like and on off the pitch. And you know, you think about people talking about the ball bursting twenty years ago and money coming this, into the but game. This is what I'm saying. This is what I felt like. This, but I felt like this derby 
was like that for me. I felt like I walked away from this thing and we have lost we've lost the derby now. I feel like we've lost it. I don't feel like it's yeah. ever gonna be right. I did say I that before. Like I just said that before. Yeah. It just doesn't feel it's not a football match. It doesn't feel like a football match anymore. It's it's But this was but this was um, what I'm I I get that on the pitch and stuff and, and it's only getting worse, but I just it was just Amplified even further just by their, them on the day. Just so oh. <laughs> never what I wanted to be like. Felt felt belittled by Newcastle fans and felt intimidated, but it was just in a way you kind of do because like a dog. I don't know. Um, but the I mean, thing we're is, humiliated. Kind of, we're humiliated in a different way. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was yeah, worse yeah. than that, and it was worse think, than that. I think. I, I think, mean, I think like, when when, when it's friendly fire, when it's your own side, that you know, and you, yeah. you know. It's it's one it's one thing you know taking taking on fire, but when some it's a bit like I forget what forget what the quote was now, but uh, you know when they're talking uh, about uh, Margaret Thatcher for being sent out to bat when someone you know when the captain of your team's broken your broken your bat, you know um, when when, it, when it's you when it's your own side that's done the damage um, to you, which which Sunderland had in the build up, there was no there was no sense of of going into the game. On a you know on on a high in in an attempt to uh, create the most hostile environment you know that's reason reasonable uh, in a derby and um, and creating a shock it was very much a case that Sunderland felt like they'd shot themselves in the foot before they mm. before they even started. Yeah, a couple of things on it I want to say that been like frustrating me over it. Cheer Peter Reid's not an insult. Stop saying that. People need to stop saying that. The Chiro Peter Reed thing was always there in the Black Cats bar because it's a pro positive Sunderland thing. Stop saying it. They reworded the song and they didn't say Chiro Peter Reed, believe me. It was different word, a different two words that they used for that. So that's just one thing that's been annoying us a little bit because that's been held up as an example. Um, and the other one is, and, and I think there are a few defenders of the club left. There, there are a few, though. Um, who will say that about giving Newcastle a low team the 6,000? Oh, but the SAG said it was okay. Don't be naive about this. The police didn't want them to give this allocation. I promise you, they didn't. However, the minutes might be signed off and dressed up. I don't know. I'm, let's see if they ever come to the light. But the SAG will always find a way to say, yes, let's make it happen. You can always make these things happen. Don't be naive that clubs, when they play their rivals, find a way for it not to happen. That's a difference. All they... So they can say Newcastle funded everything and the SAG have said it could be safe, so we've found a way to do it. But once the police say, our advice is that you don't do this, that is enough for a club to say, okay, taking police advice, my hands are tied. We're not going to do anything about it. Don't be naive. Think otherwise. Leeds, Borough have brought, have have withdrawn those teams in the cup, and it's we've not done it for them. When you just, look at just, other just teams like clear. Man United and other and other clubs like that, they won't do it to the biggest rivals. They won't. They will say yeah, the police have said no, so we are saying no. So don't buy that. If they'd have said at the outset, sorry, we can't do that because we've got season ticket holders sitting there. That would all. That was all they needed to say. That's not mm. possible. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, um, there's an element of that that happening in cup games, or when you see like bigger allocations, like even you see that at Anfield sometimes are spread behind that goal a little bit more. But the difference yeah. is they wouldn't do it for certain teams. They just wouldn't. They would find a way to say no. And once the police have said we don't think this is a good idea, that should be enough. Well, well, well what you do is you is you simply say that I'm not moving my season ticket holders, so that area is going to have to be mixed, and then the police will go nope, <laughs> and that's that. 
and end of discussion. You say, I'm not moving my season ticket holders. And the police then say, there's no way it can be mixed. And then you say, right. And also, them. we've lost 4,000 off the gate because of the empty seats to segregate the fans. So that's another, like, it's not a reasonable adjustment. You say, no, because we, we're losing we're losing income by doing this, no? Yeah. 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 So that that's another thing, but they'll they'll hide behind that again when when they have the next meeting with Red and White Army. I'm sure. Um, well, there's a, there is a I think there's been a meeting called yeah. um, Thursday this week. I think. But you so... feel sorry for them being away because what they're going to say? They're not going to come out and just say right, all our hands up. But yeah, we made a bad decision. We sold out. They're going to come back and they're going to spin all that stuff and say the SAG. Our hands are tied. They have said we could allow six thousand. That's what they're going to say, and and. You know, that's a frustrating thing because you can't make them say otherwise, can you? Yeah. I mean, the thing, you know, they said it says in the statement from Red Might Army on that, it, it's, it's, uh, they like, you know, your analogy of pick up the phone and ask somebody, you know, they, yeah, they weren't engaged. It would have taken, it would have been a very short, uh, conversation, I think. Would have taken about a minute to say, Do you think this is a good idea? And they would have gone collectively, No, this is a terrible idea. Um, yeah, just it's it's like people, people when they when people fear that they're going to get an answer they don't want, then they don't ask the question. Absolutely. Well, they know that they know they can just say what they need to say at the end, say sorry, yeah. You know, throw some people under the bus, and then people will be back on board. And this is the this is the problem that so I'm not having to go at Sunderland fans. It's just we're so I think generally so, back. You know, we'll we're loyal and we'll back people. You know, to do because we we feel as though that we can't envisage a situation where they're not acting in our best interests. And then by the time it comes apparent that they're not, it's too late. The this damage the has biggest... always been done, and then and then, it, the then, it, then we just re- rinse and repeat. It's, it's yeah. the same every time. Pe- people are allowed to ask questions. People are allowed to say, "Maybe this is a bit iffy." You don't have to like go. Oh, actually, they didn't have a choice because they absolutely there are these unbelievable people who like, you know, like they get the club and all this. It's like no, nah. mm-hmm. they'll never. If there's ever an example that an owner has never gotten a club, it is what has happened in the last fortnight. Well, this is a big test, isn't it? This is the biggest test that I can think of in my time covering the club where, you know, uh, I know well, certainly yeah, certainly one of the biggest tests, probably the biggest test of, of you know, how Sunderland fans react to this. You know, in the past, there have, the club has done various things which fans have, you know, moved on from. But this, given the context of the game and the opposition, um, it'll be interesting to see whether they're able to, whether the club is able to just, you know, uh, move along, nothing to see, and whether fans will accept that or whether this has done lasting lasting damage. You know, I don't they know. They shouldn't be allowed. They shouldn't be allowed. They just move on. They should. Well, be that'll, be thing, that'll, be thing, that'll be a thing. That'll be a thing. That'll be a thing for for the fans themselves to decide yeah. as a, you know, as a, as a as a collective as to whether they're prepared to accept a, a sorry and. Uh, you know, and move on, or whether whether they're not prepared to let it drop. Well, from my perspective, I'd be I'll never forgiven for for what they've done. Well, a historical summary of this now is that um, Sunderland fans who set up a display were told they couldn't bring in anti Newcastle messages after that was initially signed off. 
yet they encourage Newcastle to bring in Andy Sunderland slogans. That is that that it's a very simplistic way of looking at it. That's a fact. Do you know what it is? Well, I just want to comment on the uh, the Spirit Thirty Seven, the fans group. Now, people will have their opinions either way on on them or whatever, and the people involved, or I don't, I don't know. Ultimately, it's a group of people who've come together to try and do something. Now, you might not always agree with the way that they've gone about it, but I think, you know, when I think about some of the displays that we've had, like the, the first playoff semi-final with the cat size and stuff like that, honestly, that was a... After being a league one for such a long time, that was, like, the first time I actually thought we are. This is Sunderland. Like, you you forget who we are. And it gave us our identity back a bit, to be honest. And I thought, you know, and they've had some, done some stuff where some people has been well received. But I just think, like, obviously they're not going to bother anymore. They've, you know, they they get they've been scrutinised and questioned about the money that's been spent by people who've donated off their own back. Um, and you know, the, the, I've seen them getting dragged more than the people who've like created the problems. People who haven't donated, to be honest. I, exactly, but I just think generally it's like. You know, you question these people over seventeen grand when they've, and then they have to like provide, you know, evidence to like kind of prove it. And it's like the, the some of the stuff that's gone on at the club off the pitch, and people just these people who are passing through have got no affinity for the club whatsoever. Um, you know, get away with murder and don't don't have a don't have a question asked to them and if anybody asks a question people like jump in front of the bullets for them it's, it's, just, uh, it's just a bizarre mentality yeah. it's just a bizarre mentality I don't yeah. understand it I don't understand it sometimes you just think you know you talk about shooting yourself in both feet it just it feels like we're outstanding at it I'm surprised yeah. we've got any feet left <laughs> I think um, you know I mean I've, I've just seen what's been said about uh, Spirit of 37 today and you know I you know, I'd be sad if if that uh, if, if they come to a stop because I do in, enjoy the uh, you know the pre-match displays. I do think they add something to to the to the game. Not every single one is an absolute hit. You know, there have been ones where you've looked at it and it's it's not quite worked. It's probably not worked in the way that the spirit of thirty-seven wanted it to to work. They thought some things would work and it didn't. Fair enough. You can't get everything right all the time. But the one that you mentioned, the cap size, hey, the one ahead of the derby. You know, on Saturday, I thought I thought looked good. You know, the, there have been you know the the poppy remembrance displays have also looked excellent. You know, and I do think they add something. I have no idea what it costs to dress up a stadium like that. I wouldn't know how to put a price on it. Um, so, you know, I, I, I honestly, genuinely, I've I've no idea what, about the financial side of it. Um, and there are others better qualified to talk about that than me. But I'd just be be sad if. if Volunteers that have put themselves forward to to do something to improve the um, the atmosphere and the the build up to games. If, if that you know, some of them fans themselves, if that fell by the wayside. I mean, you've got probably like I don't know how many people are involved. I mean, you probably count them on one hand, and then somebody organising that liaison with an actual professional organisation. You try to do that in your spare time. Um, I mean. And then you've got to get a load of people to come in to help you. I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that uh, those pictures, we, we, we those, those pictures of the Black Cats bar probably would have emerged on the day of the game had those people not been in the stadium putting the um, 
setting up. Um, yeah. You're talking about volunteers working two or three days to go in and put a display up. It must be quite disheartening. I'm not surprised he jacked it in. It must be quite disheartening to to do that and just get see people slamming you from all angles for for a variety of different reasons. It just feels a bit harsh, yeah. really. I just think like people, you know, sometimes people try and do something positive. They don't always get it right, but you know, there's a lot of plenty of people who'll sit there sniping from the sidelines and not do anything themselves. So. I just think it'll be a shame if um, it ends, and if it does end, I hope somebody else, you know, picks up the baton and decides that they've got the time and effort and energy and enthusiasm to to do it because I think it has added something to those big games. Like the the ship one for the first championship game back was great. I yeah. thought that looked really outstanding. I thought <laughs> I just, I just think imagine it's like sad. imagine sitting through that derby match and through the week leading up to it and everything that's gone on. And to somehow think that the display is the people who you should start, the display organizers, the people you should be angry at and start shouting at mental. Have a rethink, lads. Go away, have a have a have a think. And just uh, you know, yeah. Well, not really much else to add unless anybody else has got anything, another burning issue they would like to bring up. No, as always, I'm sure James. Be one. I'm sure there'll be another one next week. Yeah, there'll be loads of stuff. <laughs> um always a pleasure to have you on, James. You know that. Um yeah thank you very much lovely to be here chaps thank you very much aye and as always thanks for listening Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.